Welcome back to the Apple Cider Girls podcast. My name is Lauren. Hello, hello. I'm Beatrice. Welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you. Yes, <laughs> listeners, I am indeed in New York. So. Yay! Except for sad for me. <laughs> I'm still here in Texas, but it is raining today, and that makes me happy. That is happy for you. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a, a rain fan. I love the rain, but anyways, um <laughs> I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I was gonna try to okay. Well here here's okay, today on the agenda, here's here's what we have for, for all of you. We're just gonna discuss some things that we've been reading, slash watching, slash thinking about in life. And then um, our main our main order of agenda today is to rank Taylor Swift's songs by track number. Now, Beatrice and I have done this before, mm-hmm. um, but that was before Evermore. And we feel yeah. as though we need to incorporate Evermore into our list. And so that's what we'll be doing on the podcast. And we'll discuss Wait. our list as a whole. <laughs> oh my God, it's on there. It, it, it is on there. I just saw Champagne Wait, why did we think that it wasn't in there? Why did we think that? I have no idea. <laughs> I just looked. Well, what the heck? Said that we hadn't incorporated Evermore. I was like, wait, when did we do this? And then, I, and then I looked down, and I saw a champagne problem. Yeah, 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 same champagne problem. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 wait. This is like the Mandela effect or something. This is bizarre. We've been saying for weeks that we need to redo it with Evermore. Oh, you know what it is that we need to redo? We need to redo our overall songs. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. Okay, but you know what? You know what we do need to add? We do need to add the deluxe songs. Yeah, but that that's obvious. Like, right where you left me. Like Yeah, for you, but not for me. <laughs> I need to love into this. Right where you left me, every single day, I love it more. And I don't know how that's possible because... I loved it the second it came out and I just like brush my teeth every morning and dance around to that song and it just makes my day so happy I can't relate because to be honest I just I don't understand the song like but, like but how like what it's only I don't understand it it's like the vibe like it really isn't it for me and the vibe is so it's like the saddest song ever but the vibe is like happy country song like it's just so yeah the amazing. thing is I don't like the vibe like I don't know why and offensive I really I couldn't tell you like it's probably <laughs> it's probably my least favorite song on evermore yeah, just, what the heck what well the heck? actually no, it's no not I'd have though. to I'd that's have to look at more that's a lie that's a lie yeah no that's a lie but it's definitely in my bottom half I would say like okay what that's fine that's your choice I suppose okay well I think we should start with Beatrice has read a book recently and she's excited about it so she wants to give her opinion yes okay so this is my first book read completed in 2021 so I'm very excited so it's I don't know if I updated y'all but I quit reading the idiot because that just it wasn't it wasn't like my flow and when I read the synopsis it it was not exactly, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. But so then I started reading this new book called The Book of Two Ways by Jodi Picoult, Picoult, I think. 
Yeah. Actually, it's not that new because last night when I finished reading it, I had to look up the ending like explained and there were many Reddit threads about it and they were from like 96 weeks ago. So maybe a year and a half ago. But so it's about this woman. She is in like this plane crash. And instead of thinking of her wife or her husband and daughter, she thinks about this love that she had 15 years ago when she was trying to get her doctorate in Egyptology. His name is Wyatt and this girl's name is Dawn. And so instead of, they give her a one-way flight anywhere and she decides to go to Egypt instead of going home. And so it's kind of a, it's not chronological. So they're kind of, they're, it's told in like every chapter flip-flopped. It's like her in Boston with her husband and daughter and then her in Egypt with Wyatt. And it's kind of also unfolding like their love story from years ago while also like the present like her meeting up with him again and it's just like I kind of skimmed through the chapters with her and Brian and her daughters because it wasn't as exciting and I was really into the whole love story with her with Dawn and Wyatt and the ending like spoiler alert she didn't say who she ends up with oh that's the worst I find books yeah. like that to be not okay. Because it's like the in the so they eventually they end in well another spoiler alert. Wyatt is actually the father of the child. That's also the worst. I don't know why that just and so like that when that happens. What book I know. did we read where that was the case? Also, was that in um such a fun age? No, no, no. What? Uh, oh, 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 oh. What's the, book the before we met or something like before that before we were strangers before we were strangers oh that was so bad Ugh. but I saw that one coming this one I didn't see coming but because it the weird thing is since it was like non-chronological it was really confusing like timeline wise it did come together in the end like the final two chapters it was in the present and it was actually it was her and Wyatt that were on the plane that crashed mm-hmm. they were going back to go to Boston to meet the daughter mm-hmm and then, um, whatchamacallit, oh, yeah, it was just, yeah, do you, I have a question, daughter, and then, also, she was still kind of in love with the husband, but, like, why it was just, like, her one true love, and they were also exploring, like, this, like, idea of different timelines, because her, like, her brother, or not her brother, her husband, Brian, is, like, some quantum physicist, exploring timelines and everything and like other parallels so I think that she I think that the author was trying to set up the book where it was exploring like two different lives that she could have had plus it was about the book of two ways which is technically the first map of the afterlife according to Egypt religion so and also for the listeners this book was just trippy for me and I had to skim through a lot because I just took an Egypt class last semester and it was about the old kingdom and this was kind of about the middle and new kingdom but like just all the terminology with Ray and Osiris and and Isis and just all of the Egyptology and all of the terminology it was really just triggering I had to I had to get it over with but I mean do you like when books do the whole like two timelines and they jump back and forth it's not my fave. 
I find it to be, I think if it was different characters in different timelines, then I would be more okay with it. But it's very difficult for me whenever it's like flip-flopping between two timelines. It's hard to, for me to keep it, yeah. You know what I mean? Like where it's like the characters, if they're in love at a young age and then the characters like at an older age that where they like reconnect or whatever, it's like confusing. Yeah, because it's like, as well, especially for me, since sometimes I like kind of read fast, mm-hmm. I get really lost and I'll have to yeah. get back. So I also don't always read chapter titles. Like I'll just go to the next page and just mm-hmm. start the next line. And I, a lot of times it'll be like May 26th, 2020 is this chapter. And then the last one will be like 1983 or whatever. You know what I mean? But I don't well, always look It was at the hard book. in this book because the first, or like the third chapter. So the chapter when she landed in Egypt and like the second chapter was really long. And the third chapter was the first time she was back in Boston. And I just got so confused of that flip-flop. And I really had no idea what was going on. And so yeah, I kind of had to just, like, go with it and kind of pick up, put, like, the pieces together. But, I mean, I would give this book probably, a, probably like, a 7, 6.5 to 7 out of 10 just because. Okay, that's not I that bad. I, yeah, I did enjoy the story of Don Wyatt. I just, I, one, and kind of reading what other people thought the ending would be in on the reddit pose it definitely helped me kind of get some insight mm-hmm. and it made me feel like more content because I feel like actually when I'm at the end of a book and I'm left there thinking about it to myself I kind of hate that but now I'm thinking I understand the purpose of like a book club when you can discuss the book because it really helped to just kind of get that out there yeah I love a book other club. people think too but yeah so that's the book of two ways if you like Egyptology but you're not like super if you don't know like everything about Egyptology then I would recommend it okay I think that's not going to be for me but it sounds yeah I don't think you would okay. like it at all okay I'm gonna skip that one <laughs> except why it's British oh I do love British people yeah um okay well the book that I am currently reading is is really changing my life, to be honest. Like, I just love it a lot. <laughs> I'm 50% of the way through now. It's a slow one because it's a little bit more... Well, okay, the book is called The Reason for God by Timothy Keller, who is a pastor, but also just, like... I think Where's he's, like, he from? written a lot of books. He's he, he pastored a church in New York City for a really long time. So okay. I don't know where he's originally from, but... Yeah. He pastored... um the redeemer church or something in manhattan so i don't know oh, interesting i need to look up like what what's happening there now because I, I he's pretty old like i want to say he's retired probably but anyway um it's just basically it's called the reason for god and it's basically just giving like logical explanations for why christianity is like the truth which it's like interesting for me because like I am a Christian and I like believe that the Bible is like the truth and like really the only truth in my life but it's like I've had this conversation with Beatrice Law and other people like it's sometimes difficult like if I'm talking to like a non-believer or someone like I'll just like go along with things because I just like forget facts and like I feel as though I'm not able to like argue my point so I'll just like downplay my faith or just like go along with things that are said even if I disagree with them um and it like frustrates me but I'm like I don't know how to argue this or like 
I just don't know like how to like state my side so I just kind of like go along with things Mm -hmm. but I just find this book to be like very eye-opening and helpful because it's giving me like concrete facts like based on the bible and based on like how he he's just giving like real world application and interpretation like of the bible and like just disputing claims I think that's like very helpful that like secular people have yeah I just find it to be like very eye-opening and interesting and I also am like it's interesting because I actually think I'm a pretty logical person like when I make decisions I try to like really base them on logic Mm -hmm. like I think I'm pretty like structured and like logical in my thinking yeah I would agree so then sometimes like I don't know it's not like I have like a I mean everyone has like doubts in their faith sometimes but it's like it's not necessarily that it's just like I don't know how to because like I don't think of my faith as something like logical per se but he's like showing Mm -hmm. how being a Christian is actually like a very logical thing he's like giving a reason for God basically oh my gosh in 20 in June 2020 he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in June like last year yeah oh wow how old is he 70 he was from Pennsylvania but he was found oh it's Presbyterian Church in New York City they have have multiple locations but they have they have one that's not too far from me yeah no I really I like it a lot the book so I'm really enjoying it it's all it also like it I just really appreciate how he's just commenting on like like he's just like giving commentary on like politics and like yeah no I think that can be really helpful to yeah because that's like I struggle with that a lot just like living in today's world that's like so politically charged and just so like I don't know divided and just like yeah I don't know how to like use or how to I'm like I want to make my decisions based on my faith but like how do I do that and he's like really helping me like figure out how to do that so I'm really enjoying it and I would recommend it to really anyone whether you're a Christian or not I would well I think it'd be beneficial for like even people that aren't Christians just because they're the whole kind of stereotypes surrounding Christians and how they're automatically conservative and like yeah it doesn't even it's not even like I thought it was going to be all about that it's not even fully about that it's just about Christianity in general yeah but I actually think it'd be more beneficial for like non-believers because it's like giving pretty solid evidence as to like why Christianity is like a rational, logical way of thinking and like why yeah the Bible is the truth. I don't know. I just really, I, I really. Yeah, no, that. I think that that's like helpful just because I mean, there's always like that question of like, oh, I remember in high school, people would be like, well, why? Like how, where's the evidence that like God exists? And which always the answer was like, well, that's where faith comes in. But probably with something like this, I mean, I don't know what the book exactly is about, but it sounds like it would help answer those questions. Yeah. And it's also like, he's also like kind of, kind of like proving the other side where like it's, he's kind of, his point is almost like, it's almost just as big of a leap of faith to just say that God doesn't exist as it is to say God exists, which I've always kind of thought, like, I just have always found it interesting for people to be like, that's like it's so crazy and like it's such like a leap of faith for you to just like assume all this to be true but it's like yeah and you're also basing like, your like your entire belief system on a leap of faith also because no one technically no one knows the truth of anything so yeah everyone's kind of taking a faith a leap of faith to believe what they believe. oh that's like so, really interesting yeah I, 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 I really thought of it that way because then it's like well you're fully believing in one way which 
you kind of have no evidence that God doesn't exist. Yeah. And so, yeah, that because, was like, really cool. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm really enjoying it, and I'll give my full, um, like, I'll I'm give all, my is, Wait, so this is the reason for God belief in an age of skepticism. This was from 2008. I'd be kind of interested to see how he wrote it today. Well, there's a preface now. He added a preface. Yeah, in 2016. But yeah. I don't, it's a prequel, but I don't understand how. No, 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 a preface to this book, um, like a couple, like either oh, this book, like okay. addressing the time that we're currently in and how this book is still relevant. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's where the political part came in at the beginning. Okay. Oh, then that's interesting. So he kind of, he tied in how this book is related to the political side of things, but really it's just kind of, again, like explaining skeptics, uh, explaining Christianity to skeptics. It's basically just, it, he, he basically will like just state a claim and then he'll just explain how both sides, like how secular people and believers like view that claim. And then he'll like show how there's, how like, He's actually kind of trying to show how like the the belief systems of both sides like aren't that far off. Like yeah. It's like you're believing two different things but like the way of getting there is very similar. He's trying to show like the similarities and then like he is the tone of, like, of so and like the like the diction like is it kind of like argumentative like is he trying to convince like bring people into the church or is he just kind of explaining I mean at the end of the day he's like christian and he's a pastor so like it's obviously biased towards like he is arguing that like god is yeah is real yeah, yeah, yeah 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 but, but do you the think way he's like he trying to is he just do you think he's like trying to push it onto people does it sound like does it i mean i don't feel that way that way i don't feel that way personally but i'm also reading yeah. it from the perspective of someone who is like fully a believer so i don't yeah. know how someone who is not a believer would feel about it but i personally feel as though he's really laying it out logically and also almost like like he he's really showcasing like the other side very well like he'll include passages from books written by people trying to disprove christianity and then he'll like yeah. evaluate their claim and like explain why he thinks like it's plausible that they would believe that but then explain like why he doesn't believe that like it's very logically written which is why oh, that's very interesting i might read this actually because yeah, it's really good i'm interested i like it a lot i wonder but... if he has like videos on youtube speaking i'm interested I'm sure there's sermons of him out there somewhere. I honestly yeah. haven't. No, I, I want to see if he like gave a TED talk of something. I feel like that's something he would. Yeah, he might have. Yeah. I don't know. I listened to a lot of pastor's sermons and I haven't really ever come across this. I, I known about this book for a while too. This is why I think this, it's so interesting that I'm reading this right now because I've known about this book for a while, like known it existed. And I've always been like, oh, I should probably read that one day, but I just never really like thought, I don't know. I just never yeah. got around to it. But I've like recently been into reading like this past year I got like back into really reading like I got my Kindle and like I read a lot yeah. now but I've just been like really reading novels like I haven't really read about a lot of books that are a little bit more like I guess this is classed as like nonfiction technically mm -hmm. but um I'm gonna see if it's on the library yeah I just think it's interesting that I that I just decided randomly to read it now because it's like so interesting wink wink yeah, I just think that God really put it in my life right now, but. Also, um, I would just like to, like, once again, well, actually, I have no idea what I was going to say. That was, that what? was a lie. <laughs> um, 
Well, I guess once again, explain. I'm, I found my happiness in the Cloud Library app. The key for me oh, okay. was to increase the font size. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> because, okay, I tried my sister's like Kindle Paperwhite. Yeah. And the interface, I was not a fan of. Like, it's of very retro. Yeah. That's what they were saying. Like, my dad and sister were saying. But yeah. My beef with the cloud library was the font size, so. Yeah, it's hard to read on a screen when it's that small, but yeah, just increase your font size, you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. That's exciting. <laughs> All right, well, those are our, our books. Our books. Of the yeah. moment. Um, Wait, have you finished it yet? No, I'm only 50% of the way through. Oh, wow. Is it a long book? It's or not it's long. Just, you're, you're just getting lost in it. Yeah, it's not long. It's just a lot to process. And I, I've been like reading sections and then like thinking on them and like yeah. writing on them. So it's like taking me longer. It's not like a novel where I'm just like speeding through it, but yeah, I'm really enjoying the read a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm happy. Thank you. Is it, this is the, oh, this isn't the first book I guess you've read in 2021. 20, no, I've read two or three, four. Wait, let me look. Oh, wow. I've so are you reading this while you're also reading the crazy rich asians third book like you're reading two books at the same time yeah because i don't this one i don't ever do that if i'm reading like two stories but this one's kind of like i don't know it's, it's like, like kind of memoir slash it's not even a memoir it's just like a it's really just like a nonfiction book kind of i feel yeah so it's like i'm not getting like stories mixed up or you know what i mean yeah but I actually, I kind of, I've been like mainly just reading this one right now. Like I, I was reading the, I don't even know what the, I just call it book three of the Crazy Rich Asian series, but <laughs> they, they all have different titles. I just forget what they are. But um, I started that one. I got like 15% of the way through and then I've just been reading this. One. I think I'm just going to finish this one out today and tomorrow and then yeah. move on to that one so I can. Yeah, I'm about to read. Well, the next book that just got off the whole list for me is it's called the chicken sisters so i'll let you know how that goes interesting yeah all right well i think that's all we've got on books for now what is yeah what were we going to talk about next was jeremy zucker and chelsea cutler okay here's the situation (laughs) um as as you all know i'm obsessed with taylor swift um basically the only music i listen to is taylor swift and then also worship music i mix in Mm -hmm pretty often also I'd say it's about 50 50 split between that I would give you like a little like two percent for like outliers yeah 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 I'm just the majority like pretty much if I'm gonna listen to music I put on worship music or I put on Taylor Swift yeah it's like there's no rap or hip-hop happening pretty much ever but um I came across I stumbled across a a like video like a live performance of Jeremy Zucker and Chelsea Cutler both of whom I've heard of and I've heard are good but I've never really like thought to listen to either of them um but I really enjoyed this performance and now I've been watching all of their performances like from that venue or wherever they were performing and I just really like them a lot like their music is very like well, I'm also confused by them because, like, I think they're dating. Like, they're separate musicians and have separate songs, but, like, they're always performing together and writing songs together. So I'm, like, yeah. confused, you know? I'm confused because I know that there's a song that's by her, just her, and I've heard, I just, I just don't know what it is, but I know that that's where I, like, feel like I first heard her. I'll find it. I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. But then they just released a song called This Is How You Fall In Love, and it's both of them. 
Oh yeah. Like they're for that. sure in love, right? I don't understand. Wait, 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 wait. Let me look at the is the album cover them too? Yeah, like I, I oh don't I don't see any way for them to not be dating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, wait, let me uh, yeah. You keep talking you keep it's do you have anything else? So I'm gonna see well, if I, can. I just I don't know, like he he's kind of like a lovey type singer. Yeah. But I like him more because it's like I don't even know. All their songs are just like kind of slow and like mellow, like just kind of like piano-y like yeah. ballads. But I just think the lyrics are like nice and pretty and they like both just sound nice. Her, you know, her voice though is a little off-putting sometimes. Like it's a little like it's like kind of like it's you know that song by tones and I that's like dance monkey <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah she reminds me of that singer it's because she kind of goes like really kind of like into this like nasal nasally almost like when she's just singing, in her like head voice and it's like not yeah but when she's so, just singing normally like at a lower register she sounds really nice so I don't know why her voice goes yeah into a weird thing I don't know either okay that's my only that they're just song they're everyone's like saying they're songwriters like match made in heaven no they're together okay let's see yeah no- i don't see how they cannot i mean like lauren you i mean you called it before to julia michaels in love and now julia michaels and maybe that i think that maybe julia michaels just you know maybe she's just the one that then always dates her co-writers no, 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 this girl is not Julia Michaels, though. Wait, what do you mean? Maybe I'm saying Julia Michaels is the exception. But also, I don't understand how you can write, like, a like she's an exception where she... Oh, but no, these, these, two, these two are together, like, the, the way... Yeah, the, the other thing is, I don't think that you can write, like, songs like this, and then just, if you're not, if you're single, how can you write well, songs like this and then not be dating... Well, you can, like, I, I'm sure you can, but the, the amount that they write together and perform together doesn't make sense to me otherwise. Do you know what I'm saying? Jack Antonoff and Lord. Yeah, but they're together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <you're real. laughs> No, but like. Oh, oh, five hours ago, are Jeremy Zucker and Chelsea Cutler dating? Here's what we know. Like, why? If they're not, like, why not? <laughs> Oh my gosh, headline. This piece, we will we'll look at Jeremy and Chelsea's relationship, period. Jeremy and Chelsea are not dating. What? And all bold. Chelsea and Jeremy have written plenty of romantic songs, but it's unlikely that they're dating. Why, why is it unlikely? It seems extremely likely to me. I know, I know. What's the reason for it being unlikely? I don't, let's see. From what we can tell, Chelsea and Jeremy are friends. Let me see. What, for- There's no evidence there to suggest that they're dating. There's so much evidence. These are <laughs> these are the bold thing. These are the like sub subtitles. What, what what publication published this? This is the netline.com. I don't the netline.com does not know what they're talking about. I probably about. have so many cookies now. Okay. Um <laughs> Jeremy and Chelsea Wait, met. What are cookies? <laughs> I wish I could He's okay. I, I can't talk about this in fear of sounding really dumb. <laughs> okay never mind I don't think like, I, I actually, I have, like, also actually no idea but I think it's connected to kind of like data mining and where mm. they store information mm. what you've looked at and then they sell it to like ad companies but gotcha. 
that must be fact-checked. <laughs> okay, Jeremy and Chelsea met at the University of Connecticut, though neither schooled there. Okay. What? Huh? Oh, they met at like a, they met at a frat party and Jeremy said that he was already a fan of Chelsea's music. They're together. The pair became fast friends and they discovered that their different musical styles complemented each other. What? Jeremy and I stayed in a cabin in Connecticut last year when we wrote out song Better Off. Like that's That trip inspired some of our best writing, so we decided to go back a year later. Okay, this cabin is a love like, cabin. And like I don't care if like they are, like that's good for them. I just like why why you can't be telling people that you're going with Wait, I think that they're I think that they're gonna okay, so the duo collaborated on Brent before parting ways to release yeah. their debut albums. They reunited to make music during quarantine and are due to release Brent 2 in February. They released it. But it's not February. No, they probably released like the first song off of that. Like oh, this, yeah. this is how you fall in love is probably like the single. Okay. But like I'm sorry, they're releasing a song together called This Is How You Fall in Love, and then they're gonna claim that they're not in love. That's a lie. Yeah, I agree. Well, well, we'll follow that story closely and keep you updated, but I'm like now invested in these people because I really enjoy their music, so. And I, I can't speak on all of their songs. I haven't actually um, listened to that many. I've only listened to like the ones that were performed live at this like one performance place, so. Yeah, sorry, I was taking a picture yeah, because on my iPad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because my mom such a picture to me and so I was like okay this is what I'm doing I see anyway all right well moving on from them <laughs> uh, should we get into Evermore I feel like we should yeah I think so too or not Evermore just our Taylor Swift our track list I think it's time yeah so okay so I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through track by track and just each say our favorite like our favorite track one and then our favorite track two we're not gonna go through the whole rankings because this is actually like, gonna be very like this is like gonna make me like if I really had to choose just one it's hard really yeah because it like the like knowing that your number two is number two like makes it easier to say one is number one you know what I'm saying yeah also I think the hardest track for me to rank I'm just gonna say it was Track two. That was the hardest one for me. Yeah, tracks two, three, four, and five were all really difficult for me. And then also track um, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and 13. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not really. But number 10 was very difficult. And also number nine. <laughs> yeah, I, I might give like an honorary shout out to some of these. if I can. Okay, yeah, I think that's necessary. All right, what was your uh, top track one? My top track one was Ready For It from the Reputation album, which was surprising to me. Because yeah, Reputation has really, like, gone up in the track, or, like, in ranks for me. Reputation is such a great album. My yeah. favorite track one is State of Grace from Red. And it's an interesting one for me, too, actually, because Red, while I love it as an album, it, it ranks lower on my album ranking list because I find that... Well, and as we've discussed, like, this is the best of the best for you, so, like... Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, here's, yes. Like, I don't hate or even really dislike that much any Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Like, there's a couple that I uh, that I don't like or don't understand, but, like, honestly, from Taylor Swift. 
something. Yeah, and even like like I wouldn't like me from lovers like I'll take. Oh it. yeah, absolutely like, not. But also sometimes I listen to it and I'm but like, you know what? The, the, no, the thing is with me, it's the chorus. I like the verses. I really do. I, mean, I like the melody yeah. verses. It's just once you get kind of to like. Like, it kind of sounds like, not like the Lorax, but it sounds like something that's yeah. like an animated movie, you know? But I actually, the Lorax is one of the few animated movies I can stand, so I stand the Lorax. <laughs> I just think the one part when, like, in the middle of Let It Grow, whenever, like, the little townsman, like, the angry guy is like, let it die, let it die, <laughs> let it shrivel up and die. I, as a child, thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. I really want to rewatch the Lorax, like, really soon, because there was... I don't. Some that... Oh, okay. Well, someone that I follow on... Well, you know Taylor like, Swift is yeah. the voice of the Lorax. Yeah, no, I do, I do know. It's so Wait, good. of the Lorax? Well, she's a voice in the Lorax. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just think that she should be considered the voice of the Lorax. <laughs> Um, but no, this girl that I follow, like a sustainability account, act, act, activism, um, she considers the Lorax a sustainability movie. It is. I, I didn't know that. I actually hated the Lorax when it came out. I think I just didn't understand it. Oh, no, it has like a deep meaning. Yeah, I would not have picked up on that. I really want to rewatch movies and kind of like be like, oh, there's like a deep, like Kung Fu Panda. Uh, no, 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 no. No, I hate the Kung Fu Panda. Marina and I need to rewatch the or listeners. I recently rewatched Kung Fu Panda with my sister, and I will like one. The cast of that film is incredible. Like they really, it's like an all star cast for that film, and also the transitions of like the scenes, really nice, like really beautiful. I have to say, and also the plot. Like, it's really just moving. I can't really. I'm not it's an anime. secret ingredient. If you believe it's special, then it's special. Oh, my God. I just don't. I don't know why. Because, like, I think that I seem like a person that would really enjoy animated movies. But it's the fact that they're fake for me. <laughs> they're like, mascots. Yeah, they I are mascots. mascots. Like, it's like mascots are liars and animated movies are faked. So, therefore, I don't understand or like them. Yeah. With the exception of um, the Lorax and Madagascar. Madagascar. I love Madagascar. And Over the Hedge. No. <laughs> I don't like I'm just Over joking. You hate Over the Hedge. Okay. Uh, anything else to say about track one? I mean, State of Grace for me is actually one of my all-time favorite Taylor Swift songs. I think that it's like a great opener. And I think lyrically, I just really enjoy it. Like, I just love the idea of State of Grace and also the line, you're my Achilles heel. I just think it's so good because, like, what a metaphor. What Honestly, a metaphor. I think I'm going to give a special shout out to mine because when we talk about that, the bridge yes. in mine. The bridge of mine is iconic and actually is really underrated. You know, I think we should do an episode ranking Taylor Swift bridges. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. Because I need to go through and, well, like, remember I all think the we're. I think we're, we should collect some songs. And then oh, we, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But, no, the bridge of mine and I remember that fight too, everything was flipping right out of my head. It's like, that's, that's as iconic as like a lot of her other bridges, like, but like, it doesn't get the credit. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. I just love a bridge when it just like, 
goes to like a point in the story where it's like the climax and then it like reveals all this information and then you know, oh yeah and that's what that bridge does and people need to respect mine more but state of grace still tops it for i me. agree well my, this is my number five but i just have to give a special shout out to it okay anyway all right track two track two is a rough one there's <sighs> this some one was, twos. this was the hardest track for me to rank but yeah you love a track two Number one is Champagne Problems. Same for me. Champagne Problems is, is one of the greatest Taylor Swift songs of all time, mainly because of the bridge. It's like the same situation, honestly, as mine, where like all this information is just all of a sudden revealed in the story and it just keeps building. And Oh, good. Like one like, of the greatest bridges. But I have to give a special shout out to Cruel Summer because mm. that just like really hits as a song and lover. Yeah, Cruel Summer and also Endgame for me. I love Endgame. And I think a lot of people don't actually like Endgame that much. But I appreciate it. But I do have to say it is my, it's my number nine. That's crazy. Which I think it's funny because Ready For It is my number one song on track one. Yeah, that is interesting. Endgame is like my last one. I just think that Endgame, it's like, especially Taylor's verse in Endgame. Yeah, it's like you don't even know what I mean. But I mean, like, pretty much like like any other song, I wouldn't be. I swear I don't love the drama. It loves me, and I can't let you go. Your handprints on my soul. It's like your eyes are blue. It's like your body is gold. It's so good. Yeah, like, it's really, that's like a new song to me. Oh my gosh okay yeah but champagne problems like is like undisputedly number one for track twos it's just a great song yeah um oh, track three was also hard oh track three is very difficult for me i i'm a lover of track threes oh you know what okay because lover is a track three <laughs> whoa <A> pun. <laughs> number one for me is style from 1989 that's actually that's pretty crazy because style is great but like it's not better than the last great american dynasty you know what though i will say gold rush is it's so good no style is still better for me but yeah mine is the last great american dynasty the last great american dynasty is my second favorite taylor swift song of all time and you know the thing is it could have moved down a couple of spots possibly but it's still one of the greatest songs she's ever written. Like, I, I think that that song is iconic and it's my favorite song on folklore and one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs of all time. I love The Last Great American Dynasty. She stole his I revealed the lyrics to it. It's definitely, like, Gold Rush and The Last Great American Dynasty, I really came around to them after I looked into the lyrics of them. Mm-hmm. But I think just the time between first listening to the song and then discovering the lyrics really just took a toll on that's, okay yeah that's possibility and my appreciation of it yeah I think that if you didn't understand like what was happening in the song then like whenever the bridge builds and she's like and then it was bought by me like that wouldn't hit you as hard because like you don't understand the implication of that yeah yeah so I understand but also like I don't I mean like I really am impressed with, with like your attention to detail though and like your ability to just like hear that upon first listen because mm. I probably hear that song like a hundred times before I found out that that was a thing. Yeah, but it's like this weird thing where you actually don't hear words when they're being spoken or sung. Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. 
but it's how okay. it is. Hey, I do have to say though that Back to December is my lowest on this, but mm-hmm. I have come around to it as a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good song. It's number seven for me. Like it's not my favorite, but it's you know pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, track four is also hard. Track four is a rough one, but also like the number one is is easy for me. Mine's Out of the Woods. Out of the Woods is one of my favorite Taylor songs of all time. My number one is Speak Now because that is the Speak Now album. What's not my number one? Like the nostalgia of that album really hits me. And yeah, it's really good. It's good. But Don't Blame Me is also like, Don't Blame Me is the song that turned me over to reputation. And I have to like really give all my appreciation, like the credit for my appreciation to reputation to Lauren because- I was one of those that were like reputation is so like not Taylor like it's not I don't like the sound of it and then now it's literally like tied for like my second favorite Taylor Swift album it's a great album I think that once you like realize because it seems like this like dark album where she's just like angry at the world and while it is that it's also like the unraveling of like the love story with the love of her life like in the midst of her trying to repair her reputation and how he just like saw through all the negative media coverage of her and just like Uh was willing to see her for who she is and it's really a beautiful story and thematically it flows so nicely like there's just like Uh and it's also so interesting because there's actually a single thread of gold tying her to Joe throughout that whole album. She references gold often. And then later in Invisible String, she's, well, you know, singing about how one single thread of gold tied me to you. And I just think that her ability to connect themes like that is just unmatched. And that kind of continues in Willow because everyone's saying that yeah. in the music video, at least. Yeah, no, I, there's everything is tied together. But Out of the Woods is my favorite track four for me. I think the bridge of Out of the Woods is actually probably number two like uh, right under all too well like I I think that bridge is so iconic really remember when you hit the brakes too soon 20 stitches in a hospital room oh it's so good also like just the verses of out of the woods the rest I'm really surprised okay also there was whatchamacallit I I can't even remember but there was something in TikTok that I saw the other day again that was calling back to the car crash that Taylor and Harry were in. Yeah, people think that Taylor's a murderer, which could could not be true. <sighs> that's juicy. I would also like to give a shout out to Tis the Damn Season. I think that that's one of the best songs on uh, Evermore for me. I really love that song. It's still up there for you? It hasn't gone Yeah. Up. Oh no, I love it so much. So I'll go back to LA. And the no, first I was considering on the embroidery that I gave you, I was going to write like a lyric and I was I decided not to in the end, but I was between um, that, so I'll go back to LA, or um, Double Vision, whatever, and the Rose. Oh, the Gold Rush lyric? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like slow motion, Double Vision, yeah. and the Rose blush. Yeah, I, the thing about the, so I'll go back to LA part of um, Tis the Season is it's not like specific the lyrics for me I like the way that they like flow and like I like the lyrics but it's not like I wouldn't like write those lyrics on a sticky note you know what I mean yeah yeah (laughs) yeah oh man track five is also hard I mean track five is rough it's like a lot of really good ones 
Yeah, because if you know Taylor, you know that track five is like the the track that like means the most to her. Usually it's like her most yeah. memorable track. We have the likes of Tolerate It, My Tears Ricochet, Delicate, White Horse, White Horse, Dear John, All You Had to Do Was Stay, and then All Too Well. All Too Well is obviously number one. All Too Well is the number one, Taylor's number one song. It's her number one song. And I know that's like a common, like, opinion amongst the Swifties and non-Swifties. But But like, like, it's just- You can't fight it. Like, you can't like, like, even if like you wanted to be quirky about it, like- yeah, and I'm I'm not one of those people that's trying to be quirky. Like, I think it's actually really weird how people, like, get mad whenever their opinion is, like, the norm or, like, the yeah. common opinion. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. whenever people are, like, I, I hate when people hate on something for, like, being mainstream because it's, like, it's probably mainstream because it's good and a lot of people like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, All Too Well, it's just, like, the lyrics of All Too Well. Special shout out, though, to My Tears Ricochet. Like, also special shout out to delicate i think delicate the the second verse in delicate third floor on the west side me and you handsome you're a mansion with a view the oh, yeah. lyric handsome you're a mansion with a view is so good <laughs> like the way that she's able to write that to to mean you're beautiful on the inside and the outside is like it's iconic it really is like i, I agree i just I have to once again point out to the listeners, like, this is something that I literally would have never in a billion years would have recognized. <laughs> the thing is, okay, I really do have an appreciation. I would consider myself a Swifty. I think that- Yeah, you are, for love, sure. I love her melodies and I love her songs. It's just that lyrics, in my mind, they don't click. And it's just because, and so I, like, that just literally wouldn't have clicked in my mind. But Lauren is, like, a lyrics girl, like, ultimate, like- <laughs> number one like it actually must be annoying to be friends with me because I think that every single day I just am like raving about another lyric that I've rediscovered well I think it's just like before I really like express to Lauren it's not annoying it's just funny like before I express to you how really I did not understand like I yeah, I didn't know that I it was laughed, this bad but Lauren would just text me lyrics <laughs> I did text me lines and I know I could not, I literally would not be able to tell you where this one. I would have to copy and paste into Google and then recognize the song. And then I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah, like but she I, wouldn't know what song I we were from. Know, so like, I just exactly. assumed, I would text her a lyric, assuming she'd know what song it was from being like, oh my God, this is such a good lyric. And then she, I didn't know that she was having to like Google what song it was from to even understand, which like, I would tell you this. Now I quote it with the song Yeah, title. yeah, which is very helpful. And it was just like, before I was just like, <laughs> like, I have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> oh, it's appreciation. It's still an appreciation. Yeah. All right. Track six. What's your number one? Mirable. Mine is You Belong With Me, which I think is like a, a rogue a shout. Classic. I just, like, I, and I know it's a classic and I know everyone like knows that song, but I just think that like anytime it comes on, like if I hear it on the radio or if it just happens to come up, like on shuffle or whatever i'm just like walk in the streets with you and your worn out jeans like it's just so good i agree it's my number two it's just that mirror ball it's good i i think if i think it's when i first heard when i was first listening to folklore i love mirror ball and i love the vibes of it but then it kind of went down but then once i watched the long pond sessions again and then kind of the meaning and the lyrics 
long con sessions was very beneficial because I think it opened up my eyes to the lyrics a lot more like mm-hmm. definitely my tears ricochet the meaning of that song completely went over my head but then once I watched long con sessions and she explained it, I was like oh wow which I would just like to point out that I fully explained it to you and you still didn't understand it. So I don't know why it took her explaining it to you, but whatever, that's fine. Okay, no, it's also the fact that they were closed captions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I really have to read it while listening, which maybe like tells me something about like my brain, but, um, but you know. I understand. Anyway, so yeah. No, the message of Mirrorball is very, and I actually, I didn't fully, like, the long pond session actually, like, also opened my eyes to, like, the full meaning of that, too. I really like that one. Which, and so, it's not, like, the meaning still does carry weight to me, but at the same time, it's not everything to me, and it just, I think it just gave it, like, a little tiny push to surpass. Yeah. Also, I Have No Body, No Crime is number two for track six at the moment, and that song has gone down for me. I think it's I gone put, down a lot for me too. I would put Mirrorball, Shake It Off, and I think he knows above that song now. I think I would have probably, I would probably just switch I think he knows and No Body, No Crime. It would be Mirrorball, You Belong With You, <laughs> you belong with Me, You Belong <laughs> With Me, I Think He Knows, and then No Body, No Crime. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, track six, track six isn't. isn't but yeah. it's not iconic like it, I think it's because it's right it's after great, track five just, which is always yeah. like so vulnerable it's usually kind of like a fun song or yeah. like not fun just more like it's a little bit less depth usually in the song it's more yeah. just like a whatever I agree um okay track seven I mean this is obvious for me but what is it for you <laughs> the story of us oh oh yeah this is one where we really differ Mine's Miss yeah. Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. I love Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. I know. The thing is, okay, with the story of us, that's once again nostalgia kicking in. But then also happiness is my number two. Like Miss Americana and yeah. the Heartbreak Prince really doesn't. Like once again, it's where the story doesn't. Yeah, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince is a tough one because I think a lot of people miss the like meaning of it. Mm-hmm. It's actually like her her like commentary on the state of politics at least as of like uh 2019 so I just find it to be like very like she's like wrapped wrapped that up like in a love story that's like also like a fairy tale story I just think it's like very brilliantly written and I really enjoy it but yeah happiness actually might have over uh, I don't think it's overtaken it but I really appreciate the lyrics of happiness like a lot yeah no happiness is I think that I think that one day we're gonna have to re-go re-go over our evermore rankings because that has like completely changed I think for the oh yeah no for sure yeah might have changed actually a lot I also would like to give a shout to um I wish you would from 1989 I think that song goes yeah under the radar in terms of 1989 but it's actually really good well when we first ranked it it was my number six but then I think after I told you that you made me listen to it and then I switched it with that and so it goes so then it became my number four yeah it's really good I wish you would go back I never hang up the phone like I did I wish you would go back here um okay track eight track eight August same which is weird because we weren't big August girls but then I think it was the wasn't it the long pond sessions that made it it was right before the long con for me it was right before the long con for me and then it it clicked 
it helped the long pond helped august was it i don't know why because some people like live and die by august like they think it's like jack antonoff's greatest song like they think that oh yeah august is just incredible and i mean i agree now i like i it's not it's definitely not like my favorite taylor swift song ever but i would rank it number one for track eight like i really do enjoy it yeah track eight wasn't isn't like like the best but i i think i don't know if i told you this but august when i first went to folklore it was like up there like the first few times but then yeah i remember that really it went like really down yeah now it's like back up i honestly i don't know what my folklore ranking would be like now yeah August, what does it for me is the bridge, like the, oh. remember when I pulled up and said, get in my car, and then get some my plans just in case you call. It's really good. Yeah. There's not really- even like a shout, like a rogue, a rogue shout. Yeah. These. It's kind of just, like Dorothea is my number two. I love Dorothea, but it's kind of like, eh, on Evermore, like I'll take it or leave it. So, okay, also, so when you say, thing. when you say a shout, do you mean like, <laughs> oh, that's a good shout or like like shout out like oh like shout out to Dorothy okay so shout by itself is like uh option so if I say it's a rogue shout it's like oh this is like a rogue suggestion for this but like if I say that's so a in good this- shout that means like oh I like that suggestion but in this case wouldn't it be yeah I, I, I think I know I think I knew how the adjectives changed it <laughs> I think I, I put more shout versus shout out like isn't this a case where you would use shout out like shout out to Dorothea no I I'm only using shout because but why would it like well the suggestion is what like all right I'll change up my verbiage for you (laughs) listeners this is this is something that came out this is a a discussion for a poll that Lauren and I had um a couple months ago because I don't even remember what Lauren had said but she claims that said, that's a good show i use that to what to but to what to work to something that was a yeah. good show we were we were discussing something and said oh that's a good shout and i have literally never heard her say this before in our entire life in our entire friendship she claims that she's been using this term for forever since she was a small child which um, she is not she is not like I literally never heard that until like one or two months ago. Okay. And which from her, like period have not heard, but also from her, which I think. It's a British term that I have been, that I have, that I have used myself for many years. And I think you just haven't been paying attention. No, I would have paid attention because I would have been very confused. (laughs) Okay. Moving on to track nine. I'll stop using it. No, you don't need to stop using it. Oh, in terms of this, yes. <laughs> yeah, in this situation, you don't need to stop using Okay, my number one track night is... Light because I look like... I look bold. Enchanted. Oh, yeah, that's my number one, too. But this one was hard. Actually, I think I... Hmm. Track, track nine is actually really difficult because This Is Me Trying is number two for me on Folklore, like, overall. And I yeah. love that song. But I think Enchanted is just, like... Well, a- also... Well, we thought that we kind of messed up when we originally mm. this changed it up because we thought that five thousand cuts was going to be in here. But Enchanted, yeah, that's someone number one. I, I Get would say car. after my because you know how I was on like a big Speak Now kick and mm-hmm. the Haunted Enchanted used to be my number one, but it's Haunted has risen to number one and get Enchanted has fallen. 
Wait, I don't even know right, Haunted on down. here. No, Haunted is track 12. Oh, well, then why are you talking about Haunted? Because I'm saying that since my love for Haunted has grown, my love for Enchanted has kind of gone down a tiny bit. Oh, I see what you're saying. Now I'm just like, I'm questioning, do I now still like Enchanted more than Getaway Car or Wildest Dreams? But also oh, the Getaway Car and Wildest Dreams, that, like, oh. I feel like that has to be a tie. Like, that is the hardest. Oh, yeah, I have those tied. Because right now I have Getaway Car and then Wildest Dreams. But I've been listening to Wildest Dreams kind of a little bit lately because it's in the Driver's License by Olivia Rodriguez yeah. Energy songs. It's in that playlist. And then that just really hits. And also, I don't know if I had watched Bridgerton yet when we did this, but I heard the, yeah, like, there was a scene where- We already talked about this scene. Version. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. But that- also like re and not because of the scene but just like listening to the like a yeah. or like classical version or whatever no wildest dreams is an incredible song like one of the best on 1989 but i'm still gonna keep enchanted at my number one but track nine shout out shout out to track, track nine, nine in general because yeah like my Pony island should have said no seriously because like my order is enchanted wildest dreams getaway car you're not sorry coney island should have said no stay 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 like those are all iconic songs yeah these are all iconic so track nine is a is a good one but enchanted raid supreme for me okay actually but also track 10 track 10 is a rough one too <laughs> i mean death by a thousand cuts is like number one easily but the rest are very difficult no death by a thousand cuts is my number four but, but that, oh, that actually that's a crazy opinion i know but it's because the other ones really hit me but actually i think i'm gonna have to even move it below the way I love you because I've been listening to that song a lot lately. Actually, no, I, it's definitely because I'm in the mood of the way I love you right now. But the way I loved you is a song that I feel like is underappreciated. I, I agree, but Death by a Thousand Cuts cannot go down that far. I know the lyrics, the lyrics of Death by a Thousand Cuts. Yeah, but then once again, if you think about me and like my, but I don't how? Know Lauren, okay, but this also ties into your you don't understand my inability to hear lyrics. I know, I know, I know. But so number one is illicit affairs for me. That's just crazy. I mean illicit affairs. I'm like sad because I feel like the songs that used to be like my number ones on honestly both Evermore and Folklore, I'm not like kind of being called to those right now. Like if I want to listen to both those albums, I'm not attracted to because before you see what Betty and Illicit Affairs and now I'm interested Mm -hmm. in like the my tears are cliche. Yeah. Piece. It's interesting. Which piece is up there, but you know. I just think that Death by a Thousand Cuts, like, but, especially the bridge, but I also think that people really focus on the bridge of Death by a Thousand Cuts when I think the lyrics as a whole should be appreciated. The the line, I ask the traffic lights if it'll be all right. They say, I don't know. Like, what a lyric. I ask the I traffic lights if it'll be all right. They say, I don't know. I know. I will also say... I'm also very happy that you're able to sing the lyrics to like the correct melody because it definitely helps me place the lyrics into the song. <laughs> uh, this Shout is out to your singing. This entire episode is just me singing random stuff. Like people are gonna be like, okay. Uh, um, yeah. But shout out to King of My Heart and Better Than Revenge. Well, Honestly, Better sure. Than My Revenge might move up to my number two. I might have to switch it with King of My Heart. Yeah, that's happening. Better King Than Revenge heart- is my number two. King of My Heart is great, and at first I, I had a I had a the king of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> my heart 
oh did taylor do a cover of one of my favorite songs and no she did not she wrote an iconic song but i just think funny because king of my heart is actually one of like the i would say few worship songs that i actually do know so i was gonna say like i don't feel like you really can like sing that many worship songs off the top of your head and you always can sing that one so yeah (laughs) that's funny no, but I think that the part where she's like, up on the roof with schoolgirl crush, drinking a beer out of plastic cups, leave fancy me, not fancy stuff. Baby, all I want is to That part just always hits. <laughs> it's great. Um, okay, track 11. Our song. This has changed for me, actually. I have written forever and always, but Holy Ground is now my number one really it's moved from two to one i love the song holy ground another another problematic one because holy ground is also one of my favorite worship songs on both that's the insane people, song united album and the jeremy riddle version so i struggle but holy ground taylor swift incredible song that's literally me. i think that um i think that yeah i don't know well, okay, so right now, what do I have? I have, okay, I don't even understand this. Oh, so right now I have, because this was one where, yeah, with the the change of the numbering, really. So right now I have our song, Dancing With Our Hands Tied, then Invisible String. Mm. Honestly, yeah, I stand by that. I stand yeah, by that. I think I, I see that for you. I think um, actually Cowboy Like Me has really grown on me also from Evermore. That's a song that's still at my bottom. I don't know why. But I really like that if one. If I give it the same time that I had with Mad Woman, it'll probably grow on me. Mm-hmm. Now Mad Woman isn't even a skip for me in folklore. Yeah, no. Cowboy Like Me. Honestly, the, I kind of would sometimes skip the one. Really? Folklore. Yeah, like- the one is definitely like middle of the road for me. I really like it though as the first song on the album. Like I think it's a really good intro. Yeah, it's like don't you think so? I yeah, I don't think that I would love Cardigan as the first song, but I also just like don't love the one sometimes. Mm, so I don't know. I would love Cardigan. Um, all right, track twelve. Track twelve is has some good has some good. Actually, ones. this one is yeah. Oh wow, these are good ones. Okay, well, number one, Haunted. Mine's Long Story Short. I love Long Story Short. It's one of my that's favorite songs three. to dance to at the moment. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think that's number four for me now. Wow. Oh. I would just like to give a shout out to I Know Places also from 1989. That also that song also doesn't get the respect it deserves, I feel. I would give a shout out to Dress. I think is I Know Places though. <laughs> also, this is a funny process for us because I don't know like a lot of the songs. Or I can't remember the songs, like, especially from, like, Red or 1989 or Taylor Swift. Yeah. And I would have to, like, when we were playing, I don't remember if I'd be like, oh, I need to listen to this first. And I would listen to it. And you'd be like, yes. And then I'd be like, okay, yeah, number eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that was so frustrating. Literally, she'd be playing, like, these songs from 1989, which, like, I feel as though there's actually, like, zero skips on 1989, to be honest. She'd be playing, like, a song, and I'd be, like, singing and, like, so happy. And she'd be, like, smiling and, like, bopping along. So I'm like, oh, okay, so she understands how incredible this song is. And then she'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's my, that's my number nine, like, that's my last one. I'm like, uh, okay, what? (laughs) Like, how? But whatever. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, no, I long how long did this process take us all in all? Do you think so like, long? Like, probably four hours. <laughs> this 
Well, we did it in like two parts, right? I know. We had to like call and then call back. It was a whole thing because I was in the middle of watching a football game. So it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, you called and we were like, I have 25 minutes. Yeah, I was like, let's just do this. I have 25 minutes before the next game. And then the Chiefs were playing. I was like, I have to go watch. And so then we had to stop and I had to come back. But I would just, okay, I would like to explain, long story short, I know I literally already sung this exact line on the podcast, but the the line in the bridge where she's like, pass me, I want to tell you not to get lost in these petty things your nemesis will defeat themselves before you get the chance to swim. I find that that is like the most beautiful, self-reflective line and it just shows so much growth from her and I just love it so much. I know exactly when you were saying this in the podcast. Yeah, and in regards to Olivia, to Olivia Rodrigo. She needs to take that line to heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I just think it's so beautiful. I think it's really nice. I think that happiness is not happiness. That's long story short. Never mind. <laughs> I just be like, I think the happiness is the most beautiful song, one of the most beautiful songs. And then it would be like, we weren't talking about that. I would yeah. also like to give a shout out to the best day because it's oh yeah, to listen to super often. But like whenever it's on, I'm like, wow, what a song! I fully agree. I fully agree. So anyway, well, okay, so you know that better is my number three, and I know you, we have oh, yeah. mixed opinions on this. That's my number nine. Like I'm, not, I actually don't like soon you'll get better, contrary to popular belief. The thing is, I didn't like it, but then it came on my Discovery Weekly one time, and then it was like my favorite song that week on the Discovery Weekly, and ever since then I like it. I appreciate it. I appreciate the sentiment of it, but like I never want to listen to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I find it to be really sad and also not that good of like a song. Like the melody doesn't do it for me. So it's like, it's like, I don't know if a lot of these after like number four do I ever really like I'm like oh I want to listen to this song no I know what you mean but like soon you'll get better is one that like I will always skip like I never want to listen to it because Taylor writes a lot of sad songs and like a lot of people write sad songs and I actually really like sad songs but I don't find this to be like a good sad song like it's just sad and I don't like the song that much so I like never want to listen to it I guess in terms of order like between London Boy and False God it's like like, it's one of the few Taylor Swift songs that I would actually go out on a limit. Like, I, like, I actually don't like it. Yeah. Like, I, could, I could leave it. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, track 13. Track 13 is a rough one. Track 13 is a rough This is actually really, really hard. One through four was the hardest for me to do. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. It said <laughs> that my default output had been changed, so I freaked out for a second. Um, yeah, no, track 13 is rough because... Um, well, okay, I find that most of Stand her- by my decision, though. Yeah, I do, too. Well, okay, what's your number one? And then I'll Marjorie. Yeah, Marjorie's my number two. My number one is Clean, because Clean is one of my favorite Taylor songs. Clean is my number three, but Change is my number two, and I like Change better than Clean. Clean is a lyrical masterpiece. A lyrical masterpiece. Yeah, see, again, once again, it's like lyrical masterpiece. Well, I appreciate, I just say, I don't have any say. I can't have any input since I don't understand lyrics. I just think it's like so, it's so good. It's so good. I I mean, I appreciate Clean. It's a beautiful ending to 1989 also, like, because 1989 is like, there actually aren't really very many songs that are like a little bit slower. And like, it's very just like a pop song album. Yeah, And like, it's, an incredible pop album. I think that's why a lot of people love it. 
Yeah, and it's really good too. Like it really because like well, it's also a, technically her first pop album. Yeah, because Red was okay. considered like a kind of like a pop and country like mesh. Yeah, Red she still of, performed at good. the CMAs. That was probably probably, but um, but I just think that Clean is like a beautiful way to close it, and I just really enjoy it. Yeah. Hooray, I mean, album closers are just like yeah. Her album closers are some of her best songs ever. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I would like to give the shout out to the lucky one. I, I Beatrice eight. doesn't really. I don't think care that much. I was another. That was another one where we played it, and then I was like, okay. No. I love the lucky one because it's one of those songs where it's like the perspective change happens. So like she's talking about her, yeah, like seeing like a like a girl in fame, and then she becomes the girl who's like in the spotlight. And I just think that I love when she does that, like where the perspective shift happens. Yeah, and they'll tell you now you're the lucky one. Um, but yeah, Marjorie is a beautiful song and one of my favorites on Evermore. Also That's like Epiphany, I would like to give a shout Epiphany, out. shout out to Epiphany, like, yeah. And Change. Honestly, Epiphany, are so good. I don't know if any of y'all, <laughs> I don't know if any of y'all have watched Outlander, but in the theme song to Outlander, which they're in Scotland, and it's kind of just like this ethereal, like, Scottish kind of, I don't know, sounding song, I don't even know, but it, it reminds me of that. Epiphany reminds me of that. The I just Epiphany, I live for the line only twenty minutes to sleep, but you dream of some epiphany. I just think it's so great. It reminds me of like a children's choir singing. I really enjoy it. It really does, yeah. I agree. Um but yeah. Okay, and then what we did is we ranked it's hard because after track thir- so her shortest albums end at track 13 so it's difficult mm-hmm. after track 13 we can let's do we did do track 14 though so let's just do the ones that have yeah track- we so it, we didn't include taylor swift fearless and 1989 because those mm-hmm. were the ones that didn't have right track 14s but my number one of track 14s um was betty mine's long live Before. from speak now long live was my number two my number two is call it what you want because call it what you want is underrated i'm sorry like call it what you want is actually my favorite song on reputation because oh my gosh really yes you knew this i knew this but it just it surprises me every time it's so the lyrics are just so good i would like to give a shout out to closure I love it. Yeah. I would like to give a shout. Yeah. Wait, is Betty your number three? Yeah. Yeah. I like Betty a lot, but it's sometimes not the mood. I get it. It's yeah, it's it's like actually pretty middle of the pack for me on folklore. Like I'm not is the way I love you considered a country song? I think so. From Fearless? Yeah. I think Fearless is considered a country album. That's true. Um but yeah, there's some good track 14s actually. But Long Live for me is number one because I just, it's like so, it's just one of those songs where you just feel like inspired. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, okay, and then we also, we ranked um, 
final tracks, which I would like to actually discuss because I think that her final tracks are incredible. Yeah, I can't tell. Although I already talked about mine, I guess, so. Because mine's clean, is number one. But I just, I mainly just want to give a shout out. My number one is Long Live, which I don't understand. I just I want to give. A I shout think out I need to re. I think I need to give this a good look again. But yeah, shout out to Daylight for because sure. I think also Daylight gets overlooked. I think Lover as a whole is overlooked a lot. The album, but Daylight on Lover, if you haven't really like ventured, like if you're still like a to the end. A, like well, a, okay. The thing is, I think it's because she goes from like tracks. It's like false god. The like, end of Lover is often what? overlooked because yeah, the, because it's. I feel like it's associated with kind of like those songs like. Like me, you need to come better. Back. Yeah, but really, when you get to like what, like Afterglow, and yeah. Daylight, like those are like iconic songs. And Daylight is a really, it's so good. Like the lyrics of Daylight are just the luck of the draw only draws the unlucky. I mean, come on. Yeah, I agree. Um, agree. But yeah. And then, oh, okay, deluxe songs. Let's, okay, let's discuss where we would put the Evermore deluxe songs in our list now. Oh, this is going to be hard. Okay, well, okay, also, we didn't include every single deluxe song. We kind of. Oh, yeah, we kind of just picked the ones that we actually like. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> this is kind of, well, okay, let's not discuss the list. What, what is your number one right now? My number one is The Lakes, and I wouldn't change that. My number two is Wonderland. Okay. Mine is goes New Romantics than The Lakes. I think that New Romantics, it, it shocks me that it's not on the original album, but I understand because now um, Right Where You Left Me from Evermore also, like, I think should be on, on Evermore. Like, I think her, her deluxe songs are often, like, some of her best songs, so I understand, but but I would put Right Where You Left Me now above New Romantics, shockingly. It, is, it has beaten it. I mean, I'm not surprised that for you because, like, I love that song. You love it. Yeah. I would say that, I mean, the wages were then less. I like, I like It's Time to Go better than Right Where You Left Me. That's crazy. I, but the lyrics of It's Time to Go are very beautiful. Yeah. And I think I just like the melody better. I, but I, I still, I would probably put, uh, 15 years, 15 I think years. I would put, I would probably put It's Time for it's time to Go after ours. So that'd be my number five. And then mm-hmm. I'd probably put Right Where You Left Me after that. So then it would go The Lakes. Well, actually, I don't even know. I, I need to remember what the, if this was a movie sounds like. Because right now, all I'm hearing is If We Were a Movie by Hannah Montana. Yeah. Um, if this, I can't think of like a specific lyric from it. But If This Was a Movie is low for me. Yeah, so... But and I, I honestly, about, yeah, I think that's it, really. But I think that what this actually says about us is that we are. Oh my God, Kristen. Um, <laughs> I think that what this says about us is that we, we're kind of like. I think that what this says about us is that we really enjoy her newer albums. I would say over her older ones. Like although I hold them like very close to my heart, I really just see her progression, and I think a lot of people are like stuck in the past of Taylor Swift like they don't give her newer albums a chance but I think that if they would be willing to they would see oh yeah the only old album that I really take with me is Speak Now and that's because yeah and I would agree with that I would agree with that it's difficult though because like I still would would choose like all of her newer ones over songs yeah 
but like speak yeah. now but then like speak now has like enchanted long live like mine sparks fly mine i'm speak probably missing one that I'm obsessed with like they're just all so good so it's really hard it's yeah like, Taylor swift is just it's a difficult one because she's just so good and all of her songs are so good i agree but I think that was a nice, like a fun reminder for us and maybe interesting for other Swifties out there to hear. Yeah, and I think it's interesting just, I think it further shows, because we really do, like we, I think we kind of do have a lot of similarities with like our top half versus our bottom half. Yeah, I would agree. And if I think that since we have like definitely the difference between like melody versus lyrics, that definitely like changes yeah. the top half ranking. For sure. Yeah, but um, that is going to be Well, all you right. thought that we were going to have, you thought that we were going to have tracks where it was, like, exactly the same. I thought that we had nine. similar, I thought actually a lot of ours were going to be the same, but they really weren't. Yeah. But I, I actually, I should have known. But like, when you have, when you have nine tracks, it's kind of like. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. It's also hard because it's like. If you're if one of your number ones is like my number three, it's like we probably do like it a similar amount. It's just like you know yeah. what I mean. It's just like when you're yeah. obsessed with all of her songs, it is a difficult. Yeah, thing, but, it is subjective. But I think that's gonna be all we have. We, this has been a long one. Yeah. Well, we did have that break. And... I know, but I still think it's gonna be long. So we'll see. I think we should. Yeah. No celeb it. talks this week. No, but it will. It will return next week. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully there'll be some good drama that happens that we can discuss. Yeah. But until next week. Until next week. Shaka. Goodbye.